Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, After Buzzers? Welcome back to the Righteous Gemstones After Show. We're going to be breaking down episode eight tonight. Amber gets her gun. Yes, girl. Calvin and Keith, please just tell me they're not breaking up in this episode. And Jesse finally fesses up. So much drama in this episode. Stay tuned. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, the buzz. Get that beat. Get that beat drop. <laughs> I'm letting the the devil's soul pour into this room. <laughs> yeah, we usually deny Satan, but we are taking him in this week. <laughs> uh, and the crowd goes wild. They're here for it. Here for it. They're- I'm here for it. You're here for it. All very excited to be here for it. I'm so excited to talk about this episode. I'm here for it as well. <laughs> yeah. That's our producer, J-Lo, in the booth. Yes, you heard that right. J-Lo. Yeah, we got J-Lo in the booth, guys. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. <laughs> um, very excited to do this episode tonight. So much drama. My name's Amy Maestri. I have the Holy Spirit in me tonight. Or maybe Satan. We'll find out by the end of the episode. <laughs> and... Uh, this look look at these look at these wicked green nails over here. My name's Steph Sabra, a witch, a comedian connoisseur, HBO connoisseur, and currently what's in me right now is really gross wine. So God bless. It has been christened though. It's it's pretty bad, but I believe it is the blood of Christ. So <laughs> the, the 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 rose version of the blood of Christ, whatever that would be. It's so funny. Before we get into the episode, we do see your comments, and there was one particularly funny one that tickled me. Where they commented on our special segment, which we'll get into after we break down the episode. And that's where it's our righteous rhyme that may not rhyme. And we troll, we essentially troll a televangelist who is hypocritical, which is what this show does. And we are not talking about the religion, PSA. We are talking about the people who take the religion and do hypocritical BS with it. And someone wrote something along the lines of, I study the Holy Spirit and I'm truly scared for you. I am fearful of your future. Thank you so much. (laughs) So we've succeeded. (laughs) Thank you. That is honestly the best compliment I've ever been given. Holy Spirit within (laughs) me always. Thank you. It is. We and Sorry to sidetrack. No, we genuinely thank you for your concern over our immortal souls so thanks for the view though god bless on the real hashtag blessed (laughs) um yeah let's let's just dive in as steph said we're gonna get into our special segment later we'll hit up some news and gossip to talk about what some of the cast is doing um really bummed that we only have one episode left after this i couldn't believe it how the time has flown i don't know how it happened well, it it did, and now, I guess it's now HBO. we're all screwed. They always have ten episodes. We do have a lot to look forward to, though, because they are coming back for season two. So they're they're doing a lot of setup for that right now, I believe, as well. Um, but yeah, so last week we got left off with a huge episode with uh, with you know Scotty taking off with the money, um, a lot of family turmoil happening, Gideon coming clean a little, you know, and so it was just 
a lot going on. Um, what were your overall thoughts? Just take take deep breaths. Deep breaths. Just d- don't think about it. Um, what were your thoughts on this episode? <laughs> I love this episode. We've been waiting for Amber to come back with a vengeance, and boy, did she. She served me everything I wanted her to do. Everything I thought her character is capable of, she did. And I'm excited to see where she goes um, next episode in the finale in future seasons. But I really love this episode. So many funny one-liners. So many breakthrough moments for characters. Like, literally breakthrough moments. Characters are breaking <laughs> in front of us and it's it's hilarious and kind of sad to see there was a point where i was like am i tearing watching the righteous gemstones get a hold of yourself steez what is happening <laughs> hey I'm, I'm with you though i'm right i'm right on that same train with you right now um yeah i think they did such a great job of get, giving us so much throughout the season but still saving so much at the same time i mean we couldn't stop get, our jaws will hit the floor in the first episode when it started the way it did so dark so crazy so fast And then they've been leaving all these little hints along the way, but we're still getting so much of a payoff now, too. Mm -hmm. And this was a huge payoff episode. Um, And yeah, well, little tearjerker, too. Yeah, (laughs) when Jesse was getting all serious with Gideon... I was like, you should have given me a warning, Jesse. I know. We didn't know this was coming. God. <laughs> um, let's talk about this cold open. Uncle Baby Billy and Creepy Aunt Tiffany. I have one question for you. <laughs> yes. Who wants to suck on an old man's dick? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even... I, I apologize for not even being able to formulate words correctly right now. When that line came oh. in, I, I said... Okay, writer's room. Hit me with the good stuff, quick. I'm actually, like, I'm getting goosebumps right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We always talk about how much we love how creepy baby Billy is. This was next level. This was next level, and I didn't know how to handle it. I know. We'll never be removed from our brains. I know. I felt like... I was watching something I shouldn't have watched, but I'm not going to lie, I was here for it. There was a lot of that in this episode, between, you know, Jesse showing the tape, and there's just a whole lot of stuff that you're like, I should be looking away from this right now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I can't. Um, And then, so, we obviously, this van, let's talk about this van of Scotty's. It's been through a lot. A lot. It's been through a lot. And so is Scotty. Um, So... Obviously, they, they, they crash into each other. Scotty, we think, is dead. I don't know how that guy keeps living. I wouldn't be surprised if he pops out of the van in the next episode after getting shot through the face. I know. <laughs> but when she shot him, I, I literally... Because I thought he was dead when they hit him in the car. And then when she actually shot him through the face and you saw that, I, I wrote, Oh, Scotty's dead, dead. He's dead, dead this time. As far as we, we know. We think. Unless they introduce zombies, which I wouldn't put it past this this show. Steph, save it for predictions. Yeah, you're right. Save it for predictions. I'll just sip this gross-ass wine. <laughs> just, we're just going to keep powering through. Um, so they find, too, that not only does he have a ton of money in the back, but it's gemstone money. So kind of sets up this episode for what they're going to do with it. Let's see. What do you think they're going to do? <laughs> of course they're going to take the money. Um so let's let's go right into though. They immediately are like, okay, we have to cover this up. Let's cover up the murder. Let's push it out into the swamp where apparently he thinks it's going to be covered up by the morning. Like, oh, high rise in a swamp. <laughs> yes, oh my that's God. what I was like when he started talking about tides. I was like, is that an ocean? I'm 
fairly certain it's Baby a swamp. Billy is like the 1% that tried Tide Pods. And was like, <laughs> this seems like a good idea. And now his brain's never returned. <laughs> and he's continued to eat them. So yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's like, it's cheap. It's good. It's like the new top ramen. I don't even need the toothpaste anymore. <laughs> You're welcome for that. Um, so then let's. So from there, we get to see the aftermath. So of course, Jesse and Gideon are found tied up together in the vault, which is funny to say in, in, at all that it's a church vault, you know, because they need all yeah. their millions in there, yeah. as, as most churches do. And he has to fess up, um, you know, that at this point everyone knows that he was behind it. Amber, shout out Cassidy Freeman. This I Cassidy loved her. Freeman plays Amber. If you didn't catch yeah. on to that, thank you, Steph. No problem. I'm just going. I'm going. I'm yeah. drinking some cheap wine, and I'm going for it. Um, <laughs> she had such a great episode. I have loved her through and through. But what a great episode for her. And in this scene specifically, you you can see it. She knows there has to be something more. But also the heartbreak, uh, you and I, I've seen, like, personally, my brother went through a stage like this where you you get to a point where you think there's no return, and when that, and there is, there's a happy ending for my brother, don't worry, but what, she reminded me of my mom where you're like, you just, there, you can't be here anymore, you really crossed yeah. the line, and that's probably why I got emotional, but I was like, damn, she, he really broke her heart. Yeah, because it's also like she was trying to rationalize. Of I think deep down inside, she really did always know that there was something more wrong, and she just couldn't figure it out. But even if that wasn't the case, I feel like you could also see that part of her, too, of just, like, kind of grasping at straws of, like, no, there has to be. There has to be something more. Otherwise, I have to admit that, like, my little baby boy is a monster, <laughs> which she knew wasn't the case somewhere inside. Yeah. Um, so great scene with that, but my God, was I was screaming at the TV to have Gideon turn Jesse in at that point. You wanted that? I did, but I knew it wasn't going to happen because it, it had to play out in the episode. It had to have been Jesse. Yeah. It had to always go back to him saying it and taking that ownership. But when you see like his mom, Amber, just be like, there has to be something more in him just being like, no. Yeah, I'm gonna let you think I'm a piece of garbage. Oh man! For that other piece of garbage, who's my dad? Who's your husband? Yeah, you are so delusional about um, rough one. But then, of course, ends on a uh, the show so good at always ending on that light note or having that one really laugh out line bit. Jesse calling his PTSD <laughs> toxic shock syndrome. <laughs> I don't know. That was so funny. That was so funny. I actually paused it for a second. I was like, wait, he said that, right? Yeah. <laughs> he did. He did. Because he also probably ate the Tide Pods. Yeah. Him and him and Uncle Baby Billy were in the back Speaking of the church. Speaking of Baby Billy, really quick, my other note for that scene, his dick would have been bit off, realistically. <laughs> if they got T-boned by a car mid-roadhead, your dick is off. That's true. That's it. So that's all I have to say about well, that. Well, <laughs> we shouldn't even keep reviewing the show. We have to boycott now. That's unrealistic. <laughs> Obviously, we're done with the show HBO. now. HBO! God. Authenticity. Does God. it not exist anymore? I want realism. Oh, thank you for that, Steph. No problem. I guess we'll keep going. I'm just doing my due with this diligence. farce of a show. Yeah. It's just giving me toxic shock syndrome. It's all over again. <laughs> That's why I have trust issues. Oh, you know, toxic toxic shock syndrome will do that. We're just going to be all over the tracks tonight, guys. <laughs> just just stay with us. Stay on board for a little bit longer. 
Um, Jesse, Judy, and Calvin, all in their favorite meeting spot out, out in the fountain, out by the fountain, um, starts to realize so things are unraveling. Gideon has turned himself in, and of course all three of them are just looking out for number one, saying, oh, well, fine, he's out of the family, but you keep your mouth shut, you keep your mouth shut. Almost like round robin of just so, well, so little trust, and everyone just making sure their own asses are covered. Such classic gemstone behavior. They have no grasp of reality, and they think they understand family and what it means to be family, but they don't even have that either, because if they actually communicated, they probably could have figured this out a while ago, but instead they've all had it out for themselves, and that's why they're all screwed, which we're seeing come to a head at the finale next week. Exactly. Um, so then we switch back to see, you know, what, what what's going on with baby Billy and Tiffany. And, of course, after that conversation where Judy realizes she needs to kind of continue maybe making these packs or alliances outside of that group, she goes back to baby Billy of saying uh, she's ready. My God, it's so sad when she calls She's now calling herself Judy Lee. I know. <sighs> Judy. Judy, Judy, Judy. Judy. Um, so she is now, you know, basically groveling to them at this point to stay because she's realizing that that's kind of like she thought that that was going to be her thing. She thought that she was going to do. I like that she always calls them church songs, too. She's going to be church song famous. Um, did you what were your thoughts as they were like do you think that they're gone for good at this point when they're pulling away no no i don't think they're gone for good at all i think that honestly they'll they could help i don't know when i first saw it i was thinking oh this could be jesse save that they somehow were involved in the ransom they got the money takes the attention off of him or sidelines the story but then with the preview we'll get into that in predictions it seemed a little bit different so I don't think that they're gone. I just don't know how they'll be implemented again. But I think that they're they're here to stay. Yeah, they're doing a really good job of just, like, weaving those layers yeah. where it's, like, getting more and more just, like, it's it's all just getting kind of laid on at this point, And you're not really sure where, where they're going to be able to cut through. Um, so then we have the, the conversation between Eli and Calvin. And I thought this was a great scene for the two of them. We don't always get one-on-one time between Eli and one of the kids. A lot of times it's two of them or all three of them. I thought this was a great moment for this scene because from the beginning, we've always said, like, oh, yeah, Calvin's a dirtbag, too. But he's the only one who seems to, like, somewhere deep inside still have a soul. Yeah, I don't even know if he is a dirtbag like them. Like, I think he <laughs> likes the money and uses it, but he doesn't real. I don't think he's... I think Kelvin's ignorance is bliss, type, kind of. Like, he mm. doesn't realize the hypocrisy of living that type of lifestyle with church donations. Mm-hmm. But what he does with Keith is, is truly amazing. I'm kind of... I was really shocked to see his character arc, though, because coming off that conversation, I, I was like, oh, he's going to be the saving grace. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like that. Yeah. I mean, it's he's had a pretty interesting journey just to see that, yeah, I think he really does think that he's doing good, but he is, like you see, he's very still obsessed with, like, the stature of it all and the money and, you know, him just, like, blowing, his brand blowing up is kind of his his thing. But it's not, yeah, it's not coming from, like, a dark place, like with the other ones, I don't think. Um but I think that scene was a great setup, too, because we're starting to see the cracks in Eli also. 
which I think the kids have seen for a while, and they led up to that with, like, the baby Billy entry and everything into the storyline. But starting to see Eli just kind of crumble, because he's kind of realizing, too, um, especially after that flashback episode of really seeing kind of him and Amy Lee being, like, just a cute little loving couple that started down this, like, insane path, and he's starting to see it now, and he'll have a lot of self-reflection. Um... So let's talk about Gideon and Jesse specifically, though. Now, this is the scene. Yeah, you gonna are we gonna hold it together? Yeah, All right. I got you. Let me. We have some <clears throat> tissues over there, just just in case for spilled wine or spilled tears. Uh, <laughs> so Gideon, the bigger man here. Takes the bullet. Obviously, it was his fault to begin. He did do all this, so he, you know, he says, "Yes, I'm fessing up. This is what I've done." Has his mom think that nope, it's just because he wanted money and he's a bad son, and then hands over the tape, hands over the tape to him. Um, were you kind of ex- waiting for something else to have been an issue between them, or once we learned about this tape and how that all happened, were you kind of like, okay, well that's it, and you know, it's going to come out at some point? I think that they've timing wise they they made it the perfect amount of episodes for Gideon and Jesse to have beef they did and now it is time to talk it out because it's like damn one of you guys needs to grow up and in the this case Gideon did which to no surprise not I'm not surprised it was Gideon and it was really really sad <laughs> it was a really good actually the most real scene I think that we've seen and it was really special but at that moment I was like Jesse's gonna do something now <laughs> he's gonna do something <laughs> and boy did he they've been great at throwing curveballs at us no matter what cause this in itself was a curveball it was one of the most like grounded normal heartfelt yeah. scenes and it was a curveball yeah <laughs> And they still manage to keep the, it's it's rare in comedy to have this is why I love dramedy because you if you can nail the ability to make a comedic character dimensional and somehow grounded sometimes in more of a drama and more of a serious conversation but at the same time adding lines that would make sense to the character like when he's like I'll probably never say this again like he made a little joke but then got back to seriousness just great writing yeah and I think the arc that they did with them is really good too because even in the episodes past he would get close to being able to have a heartfelt moment, you know? But it would still be in a very Jesse way where he's just kind of a tool by the yeah. end of it. <laughs> and you're like, okay, yeah, I should have seen that one coming. But at the end of this one, you're just like, oh, shit, Jesse. Okay. Damn, I'm crying a little bit and I feel weird about it, but okay. <laughs> I know, can you stop? <laughs> um, no tear other than tears of laughter in the next one uh, when, when we jump into the scene with Judy and BJ. <sighs> These two have just been gold from the beginning. What were your thoughts on this scene and their just their relationship and where they're at right now? They're like a couple from Teen Mom. OG series. Just ratchet. Just 40. Just white trash. Just in love, not in love, hate each other, stay with each other, cuss each other out, get an ear piercing because you're feeling wild now. Oh, he's edgy now. I just love the scene. I love the the fact that they brought in a lesbian that Judy somehow finds jealousy within. And the the conversation between them was just hilarious when she was like, um, what did she say? So you can, uh, you're just trying to find a straight guy so you can sample suck some clean dick. <laughs> The stuff that they write for Edie 
and or that Edie comes up with on the spot because she's a brilliant improviser and they they do a lot of improvising on this set. It's just gold. So specific and so good. Um, I also, like, so th- there are two things in this scene that I loved. Those kind of, like, relationship moments between the two of them, but also just seeing really how kind of delusional Judy is between thinking that she's going to go be famous for singing church songs and how I love how she has the whole whole speech about how it can change a person really goes to your head I know um and then also realizing that she never realized that she was being that awful to BJ yeah it wasn't that she was a spiteful person. Uh-huh. She legit didn't know. No, she didn't know. And it's interesting she brought up her family. And I think she brought that up not intentionally to... I think she did it to get the... the to kind of go into victim mode. But realistically, that's exactly why she acts like that and talks like that. Because they are heinous to her. And so how else would she know how to act to anyone else? Sidebar, she does remind me of someone I knew lived with briefly, who was a billionaire and had no understanding of reality like that. Like, she didn't understand that she was nasty to people because she's in a childlike state. Like, she never really grew up, like, fully formed. But it, I think the most interesting thing that we found out was that BJ the whole time was, like, miserable. Yeah, so, I mean, what a, what a dynamic to have him just fully, we found out in the last episode, is not religious, doesn't even believe in all of it anyways, is trying so desperately, constantly, to win this family over, even though he so does not fit in with them, and is just being abused and tortured and is miserable, and meanwhile, Judy's over in Judy land, thinking that everything's great, and she's just, she's just joshing him, poking some fun every yeah. once in a while. But she lost it. Her going ape like that outside was a, a moment that I will never forget. Oh, I'm. I was so like. I feel like I even let out like a deep sigh of relief after Judy got to just let it all out there on the car, on the cart, on the security guards. Just go for it. And Edie Patterson was brilliant in that. Brilliant. Scene. Her face when the close up came. Oh, amazing. I loved it. Chef's kiss. One of those chef's kiss moments. <laughs> Stuff and I love doing. We, we haven't do. done it in a while. Just we, humorous. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, that scene is a great example, too, of a great balance between drama and storyline and comedic relief moments between, like, her, like, thinking the, the woman's a dude at first and then, like, <laughs> and then just being like, oh, well, you're one of those benevolent lesbians and doing all that all the way down to the reveal of the child being in the room the whole time when this conversation's happening, his patient there. So it's just, that was actually one of my favorite scenes from from top to bottom. I loved it. So funny. Before we do go to the next topic, I want to shout you guys out for watching us, riding with us throughout the season. You guys make us the ESPN of TV talk. You make this after show so fun to talk about. It's such a great show to talk about, and we love talking about it with you. If you don't know, you can always join us live on YouTube, and you can see us really crazy and up close. And we, if you are watching on YouTube, though please leave us a like leave us a comment so we can keep the conversation going if you're listening on apple Podcasts or spotify give us those five stars leave us a review there because we also love to chat with you there as well so thank you guys so much we really do appreciate the love we do we get to do this every week and just come in and go bananas and talk about our favorite shows and our favorite actors Mm -hmm. and it's just it's pretty great so we very much appreciate you guys tuning in and hanging out with us every week um 
And I, I don't I don't know about all of you guys, but I'm ready to talk about Calvin and Keefe. I'm ready to talk about our boys. So fun. Oh man, this was this was a rough one to get through. I feel like I'm I just like from the beginning of this season, we've all just been so in love with these two. And oh, Keith is just such a sweet little boy. He's a sweet little little ex Satanist. I love Keith. Don't you ever come at Keith like that? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I I was genuinely angry with Kelvin in that moment. <laughs> It felt like he was Jordan Woods and Kylie, J- and Kelvin was Kylie kicking Jordan out like she had a home to go to. Kelvin doesn't have a home. Keith doesn't have a home. Oh, Steph's getting deep right now, guys. <laughs> deep. He's going to have to buy a new house, oh, have I an just... eyelash line, get a new designer. It's, it's a lot. It's going to be a Keith lot for him. Because obviously, Kelvin is having this crisis of conscience right now, which. I don't know if did you see that coming because I know we talked about how he is the one who's kind of like the moral center of it all. Did you see this moment coming for him in this in this season? No, oh. not at all. In especially because of the conversation with his dad, I did not think that he would be going that way. But I guess if I look back at the breadcrumbs that they gave, he was the one who he felt like he got shafted during Easter Mass and didn't get to do like any. He didn't get promoted. Yeah, and I don't know. He's the middle child. Or, he, I mean, he's the youngest child. And I don't know. So I get... I, I see it. It makes sense. Yeah. I just... I did not... I didn't predict that. Yeah, I didn't think we'd see it. I was thinking, you know, especially once we knew that there was going to be a season two, that that might come a little down the line. But, again, like you said, he's not necessarily a bad guy. He's just narcissistic and an idiot. Yeah. You know, it, it, it comes from a much lighter place. So... It's I I like that they did it in this because it does set up a lot of great stuff for the for the finale next week. Um, but yeah, it was hard watching him yell at Keith. Yeah, I didn't enjoy that. I part. was mad. And I I know um, one of my predictions last week was, and it's kind of a, a wish too, is I want to see Keith, and I think we will see Keith kind of return the favor of Calvin saving him. And he's going to want to save him right back because that's that's his boy. So we'll get more into new predictions, you know, at the end of this episode. But I am I'm waiting very much on this storyline to see Me where too. it goes. Worshipping them hard, all hard. the time, all the time. Ugh, I thought there was going to be like a heated kiss. I think that's all we're waiting for. Yeah. That's all we're waiting for. Just give it to us. Please. Give them what the people want. And this next scene, this is what we have all been wanting for a while. To see Jesse take ownership of literally anything he's ever done. The execution, though. Oh, boy. Such a Jesse way to do it. It's I I don't I guess we can't ask for too much. It's baby steps, baby steps. Um, he you know thinks that he's doing the right. Well, he is doing the right thing, but in the wrong way <laughs> of saying this is what happened. It wasn't just on Gideon. He did this to get back at me for this thing that we all did. So the way that Jesse takes ownership is by also throwing everyone else under the bus with him. He brings everyone in to the screening room. Yikes. And then introduces it with this quote. This is a lot like the Al-Qaeda beheading videos. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. What what a way, what a way to intro. What a way to intro. Such such good writing. 
It really is. And so true to his character that, of course, <laughs> in his mind, he goes, I'm going to be the big man. I'm going to be, uh, like, I'm filled with honor at this point for, for fessing up to my sins. But- I knew as Gideon, as soon as Gideon said, I feel free for the first time in a while, once he owned up to his part, I knew that the wheels were turning inside yeah. Jesse's head and it manifested like this. Yeah. And even within this, too, you see they do such a good job of writing to character no matter what's going on. And within Jesse's whole speech of saying, you know, Jesse Gemstone is a human. Like, he's so narcissistic. He can't even get through this without just sounding. Like, such an arrogant ass. Um, but ultimately, he says, yeah, you know, let's let's watch it. Um, Cassie Freeman is Amber. The daggers that she shoots in her eyes when she says, screening room, now. I was like, I was standing up. I was fist pumping. I was like, yes, girl, finally. Finally, you All get to see this. All the wives in that moment. Yeah. Like, I can't even imagine... And in that moment, and then let's let's wait until they actually play the video. The, the, the Chad's kids are there. <laughs> I can't believe the wife is like, I want them to see who their daddy is. Ugh. No, no, no! You just ruined those kids for life. They just saw a gray dick, and they didn't need to. <laughs> no, and now they're just ruined for life. Now you now you got two other gemstones on your hands, basically. <laughs> like, Chad got the worst of it. Oh, Chad! Just Chad. the worst of it. He did the worst of it, apparently, but he got the worst of it. Well, this is true because also that was like the theme throughout the rest of the conversation too. Of like, well, it's not like we're Chad. At least we didn't have sex with a prostitute like Chad. Just. Poor Chad, really. <laughs> but I have follow-up questions. Was this the only time you guys did this? Did you have hookers a lot? Is this the only time you didn't screw a hooker? Yeah, they 100% have done this before. Yeah, that wasn't your first rodeo. You don't just grab a crack pipe like that and look that natural. <laughs> well, this this seems, like, very natural to me. Let me just go ahead and hit this crack pipe, and it's fine. Um, and also, too, just the, the idea of, again, within his tact of the delivery of all this, saying that, oh, don't worry, honey, I didn't sleep with that prostitute because her breast smelled like shit. That's the only reason. <laughs> don't worry, Amber. It's because she smelled. So, just all over the place. Probably the worst apology-slash-confession to ever exist? Are we in agreement on that? 100%, which is why Amber, I retweet, metaphorically retweet Amber's following actions. Yes, yes. We finally see, and Jesse knows it. He knows the button to that room that unlocks her treasure trove of a million guns. James Bond came out, baby, and she was not playing. She went straight for the arse. Just like a queen. <laughs> She's so cool and calm about it. Walked out there. Oh, the lined it up. Jesse's frantically running. That's what I thought. I was like, she's going to shoot him, but she's going to shoot him somewhere where he'll be okay. It mm-hmm. will just hurt like hell. And yeah. what better place than the arcs? I mean, that, you know what? That's another moment. That's another one. Another chef's kiss to chef's the sky kiss. on that one. You really got him. Direct to Amber. I love how scared he was. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just running and whimpering. And you know, if she wanted to kill him, she could have. Lights out. Yeah. But she, you know what she said? Let's let's go straight for the ass and see what happens <laughs> next. Because also, Amber's smart. There's a lot of money riding on this one. She, let's see what that prenup looks like. <laughs> let's see what that prenup looks like. 
So um, I told you, religious folk don't sign prenups. Oh, that's true. Well, then she probably will just kill him. Life insurance. <laughs> no, she would get all the money. Yeah. Oh, because, oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. You've thought about this. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, don't play. If you're marrying me, don't you dare play me. I will. I, I am 10 steps ahead. <laughs> Thank you. So also, Steph does a show here on how to screw over your future ex. If you screw me over, I will screw you over and win. That's it. I actually think we really need to talk to some of the producers here about that. I think that would be a good. Okay. Let's get that going. Let's work on it. <laughs> yeah. um, and then we really, we have this ending montage that is really excellent. The whole That's why this show, I can't say enough good things about it. Because really from every angle, and so many HBO shows are like this. You can't say enough good things about the acting. But then you get to the writing. And then you get to the directing. And the cinematography. And the music. And everything is just so well done in the editing for this ending montage. Um, Whole squad's on fire. Really good. Yeah, so really we have um, Eli, you know, paying to get Judy out of jail because she went apeshit at the grocery store. Um, We saw that coming. (laughs) Baby and Billy. Baby Billy and Tiffany are just out of there with all their money. Keith. Keith's hitting the road. What do we? Uh, we'll talk about it in predictions, but that was a sad moment for me. His little, his little eyes were crying. The, cross Keith one more time, I swear to God. We're just gonna cancel Calvin. Yeah, we're gonna have to cancel. Don't him. do it again. Um, and then, of course, so the van's being pulled out of the swamp where apparently high tide was supposed to come in. Because um, you know tides just hit swamps. Typically, yeah. Yeah, I believe that's how science works. You know what? Global warming. Uh, that's maybe it. Religious folks sometimes don't believe in global warming either. He was thinking it was the tides because so he doesn't Satan. believe in that. Yeah, yeah it was Satan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Satan is scorching the earth right now. Um, so we're going to have that to deal with, that the van is getting pulled up with, with Scotty in it. Or maybe not. Who knows? That guy might have lived. I still think the zombie theory is correct. Me too. Um, and then, of course, we see that, yeah, he, Jesse was just shot in the ass. So... From top to bottom, what a good Literally. episode. <laughs> Get it. Get it. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> um, great episode. This was a great episode. I think these last two may have been two of my favorite of, Me too. of the season. Me too, which is such a good indication of where they're going with the show. And I can't believe this episode was one of the shorter ones. They all range, like, they're all in that, like, 40-ish minutes. And this was at 35, I think, which, it was a lot. They it was a, a lot. lot in there. I think it just shows the level of professionalism and mastery that they have with this team because they'll have some episodes that I'm like, oh, 45 minutes? That's a long episode for a comedy. And it flies. Yeah. And so they, they've they mastered the ability to put what they need to put in and pace it how they need to pace it in a way that by the end of it, you don't know how much time has passed. You just know you got everything you needed. Exactly. Damn. All right. Well, I think I think we should start our special segment, guys. Um, for those of you who have been tuning in every week, uh, we basically do – it's called The Righteous Rhyme That May Not Always Rhyme, where we just get to go in – on a real-life megachurch pastor televangelist who is essentially what the gemstones are making fun of um, in their hypocrisy. So I think Steph is going to take it away for us. <coughs> Let us pray. Woo! Pat Robertson. Marion Gordon. Pat Robertson. Full name. 
an American media module, televangelist, political commentator, former Republican presidential candidate, and former Southern Baptist minister. Mm -mm. Does that sound like a controversial mixing or what? Preach, Steph. Robertson advocates a conservative Christian ideology and is known for his past activities in the Republican Party. Oh, that's just beautiful, Robertson. Thank you for mixing church and state. We love that here in America. It's not like it's against our rules or anything like that. Preach! For this sermon, I'm going to bring up a little remix. We're going to pull up quotes that were said by Pat Robertson himself on a matter of issues. Mm -mm. And here we go. Mm -mm. Praise Robertson, who has repeatedly made clear his disapproval of homosexuality, made the latest comments in response to a question he fielded from a viewer on his Christian broadcasting network show, The 700 Club. It's always playing on ABC, and it will not get off my screen. Let me know if you feel the same way. It's absolute BS. Satan. He said, To me, I would punch vomit. Not like this if I saw it on Facebook. But they don't give you that option on Facebook. Mm-mm. He said, you've got a couple of same-sex, gu- same-sex guys kissing. Do you like that? Well, that makes me want to throw up. Oh, um, damn it, Pat. Okay, you're definitely a man of God. On adultery, <clears throat> quote, males have a tendency to wander a little bit. And what you want to do is make a home so wonderful he doesn't want to wander. Because it's up to the woman to make sure their man doesn't cheat. That oh. sounds like Mike Pence. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> On a man with Alzheimer's stricken, an Alzheimer's stricken wife, quote, I know it sounds cruel, but if he's going to do something, he should divorce her and start all over again to make sure she has custodial care and somebody looking after her. I I can't. Asked what about the till death do us part, which is what you preach in the Bible every day. He said, Alzheimer's is a kind of death. On Walt Disney World's gay days, quote, I would warn Orlando that you're right in the way of some serious hurricanes, and I don't think it, I'd be waving those flags in God's face if I were you. It'll bring about terrorist bombs. It'll bring earthquakes, tornadoes, and possibly a meteor. What? <laughs> Damn it, the meteors are coming. I'm sorry, I have to keep going, guys. This is just riveting stuff. On the role of a man and a woman, quote, I know this is painful for the ladies to hear, but if you get married, you have accepted the headship of a man, your husband. Christ is the head of the household, and the husband is the head of the wife, and that's the way it is, period. Uh, (laughs) On feminism. Ooh. Quote, the feminist agenda is not about equal rights for women. It's about a socialist, anti-family political movement that encourages women to leave their husbands, kill their children, practice witchcraft, destroy capitalism, and become lesbians. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Loud and loud it. Oh, my God. There are so many more, but... I think I just dropped a few homosexual bombs on you all with that one. Sister Steph, pray. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. Wow, those were some holy... (laughs) 
What? I like that we started this episode not being able to speak, and now that we're getting close to the end of it, we're also not able to speak. I kept seeing the quotes, and I was like, oh no, I don't even want to say these words. I couldn't even act like I was appalled, because I was so actually appalled. Oh my god! I mean, he hit every corner of just douchebag that you could possibly hit. Oh my god, he really nailed it. Wow, what a hateful piece of crap. That is a lot of hate. Wow. A lot of hate. And, I mean, that there and there is the issue of putting your church in religious beliefs into the way we run our democracy. And also is, why this show is so great for being able to show that hypocritical spin that we see so often and God. the lines being blurred and the lines being crossed that shouldn't be getting crossed. Wow, I'd be lying if I Ooh. wasn't saying, if I didn't say I was sweating. I, I'm sweating a lot. I'm, I'm going to drink some more of I'm this terrible drink blood because... You- you have pissed me off, sir. We have no other choice. But let's, you know, let's go to a, a quick brighter moment for a little bit of news and gossip. Woo! After TV news. Super quick this week, guys. Just wanted to shout out an, uh, an article from the Los Angeles Times that I found about Cassie Freeman because this was like, this was her episode, in my opinion. I've loved her all season as Amber, but this was such a great episode for her brilliant throughout all of it and I just thought it was a cool article because they're talking about um, it's called uh, Actress Casty Freeman's Kitchen Celebrates Family and Friends Um, she talks about how it's her favorite room and I found it interesting that she lives in an 893 square foot apartment um, in Los Angeles and she's lived there for the past 13 years oh my gosh Um, she also has a home in New Mexico and um, it's apparent it sounds adorable I'd love to visit it Um, Marigold Yellow Kitchen features special pieces by loved ones so I feel like she just might be be like the kind, like such a sweet, like the, like the perfect human we thought she was. <laughs> exactly, deep down inside, that Amber truly is somewhere. Oh, Amber, I love you. But I just thought it was a cool article to get to know a little bit about, more about her. Um, like I said, it's in the LA Times. I'll post it for you guys as well if you want to check it out and learn a little bit more about Cassidy Freeman and why she loves her adorable kitchen so much. Well, we love you. But we have some predictions for next week. Let's jump in. Your Quick predictions. TV predictions. So they told us that we know the cops came by uh, Daddy Gemstone's house and Kelvin goes to the dark side. I think that Keith is going to save Kelvin. And I think we're not done with baby Billy but I don't know how he gets implemented into the story. But they're going to find out that the van was found without money. Yeah, 100% agree on those. I think, Judy, we're either going to see a big breakout moment for her after that meltdown of trying to break away or literally becoming the lapdog to Eli again and going to try and take down baby Billy on her dad's behalf because she's, again, she's pissed at both of them now, but baby Billy has pissed her off most recently. Yeah. So I think, and again, with Eli bailing her out, she's going to kind of go back to, okay, daddy, yes, daddy, no, daddy. Poor Judy. Agreed. Oh, man. Guys, we have the finale next week. Very excited for the episode, but very bummed to see this, this season ending. In the meantime, Steph, where can we find you online? You guys can find me at Steph Sabron, Instagram and Twitter. And don't you worry, after this episode, you can start watching SNL if you haven't started already. It was a series, uh, the season premiere last week, but Amy and I cover that on our comedies channel as well, Tuesday nights at 5pm uh, 5pm Pacific Standard Time. Yes, so yeah, definitely check us out if you're watching SNL, and if you're not watching SNL, you should be anyway. So check that out and then check us out. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Maestri. We'll see you guys next week for the finale. Praise, Praise me. me. Loud Jesus. Loud Jesus.
Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menounos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.